I don't understand your marketing strategy. Well, what do you mean? Well, where are all the Lamborghinis and hot ladies? Well, I don't own a Lamborghini. Well, what difference does that make? Welcome to today's process. Personal fault expert. Stand up, push forward. Let's light the lantern. Welcome to the Understory Lawyer Podcast, where creators build the classic American business with the following principles. One, build a platform. Two, your family is the strategy. Three, self-reliance. Four, the golden rule. And five, commerce that revolves around actually making something. Admission to the Understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Lift like the lantern. What is up, creator? Be you in an understory against your will or be you in an understory of your own choosing? Wade Skalski here, the understory lawyer. So I don't know. I don't go on Facebook anymore. I'm not on the interweb very much at all. Uh, I'm definitely not on social media. I don't have a Twitter account or Instagram and I don't go to any of those things. Actually, that's not true. I do. I do go to Tim Pool's um Tim Pool's Twitter, I find it amusing, and uh, I, it's funny. I think I think ten years ago, I would have I would have thought that Tim Pool was like an anarchist kook, and uh, now I'm like he may be the smartest person in the world. <laughs> oh man! Anyway, it's uh, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting where uh, if you if you open your eyes and you're willing to take a journey, where that journey will take you. Um, if you don't have an endpoint in mind, so thus here we are today. But anyways, all right. So uh, so anyways, but one of the re- one of the things that when I was on internet marketing, and I don't maybe this has changed now. Maybe people don't do uh, Lamborghinis and hot ladies uh, in all of their social media marketing. Maybe they do like Sanford and Sons. You know, it's like a jalopy. They own a junkyard, and it's just like two guys wearing overalls. I don't. Know, maybe that's kind of the like the the model now. I don't know if that works or doesn't work. I'd probably buy something from somebody with a jalopy and overhauls and owns a junkyard because hey, uh, who knows what could be in that junkyard? But but it's a thing, right? It's called envy marketing, which is you see someone that has something that you want, and uh, you know they give you the magical elixir to get it, and that's the the sort of the the bread and butter of the high IQ elite level marketing world. And not, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Lamborghini and a hot lady, but it can be. It can be many other things. Okay. It's this, it's the Lamborghini equivalent. And I don't, I don't own a Lamborghini. I, I drive a Honda Accord. I'm not a car guy. It doesn't matter how much money I'll ever had. I think the, I think the car, the best car I'll ever buy myself ever with, um, with funds would be like a really tricked out pickup truck. It's part of that going the max redneck strategy for self-reliance, like a pick, like, you know, you'd get the double, you get the double wide, double wide cab, double cab with the suicide doors, just look cool. Kind of like a DeLorean, like a souped up DeLorean. But why am I telling you this? Well, so then what's the strategy then? So here's the thing. You can try to portray an image, right? And here's, and, and you may actually be successful. The problem with portraying an image and being successful is that in order for you to maintain your success with your audience, you must keep portraying that image. And if you get tired of portraying that image, or let's say, God forbid, you grow out of that image, then you're in this classic problem where you're like, you're, you're trapped by your, you know, you're trapped by your following because you, you have this, you know, they say never meet your heroes. Well, one of the reasons why they say never meet your heroes is that most of your heroes are creations, either by the media, either by the people themselves, the content creators themselves, either by, um, you know, the, 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 
the gatekeepers back, you know, like back in the 70s or not even the 70s, like say the 90s, for example, like take Backstreet Boys or something like that. Like there was a guy and he was like, I'm going to make a boy band. And he just, you know, he had the connections because he was a producer and he just said, well, I'm going to. I'm going to do like a talent search and I'm going to have all these people audition and I'm just going to pick them. It's not like these kids organically came together in a garage and became a garage band and started to play local places. And I don't even know if that's even a real story. I don't even know if that happens. Everything is on the table for us being in the matrix right now, but I'd like to think that it does. And I think some of those things do sneak through. And as the, as the sort of the content creation is able to be more diffuse in terms of the entry points, more and more of that stuff is happening. But even, you know, once, even when you have like these sort of like these YouTube internet stars that were created immediately, the, 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 the system comes in, right. The machine comes in and starts to try to manufacture that stuff. Um, but there are in like nascent industries and in nascent platforms, um, there are people who, who, who kind of, shine through, um, and are able to get some success. Right. And it's, I think it's because it's authentic and my whole goal is to be an authentic creative collaborator. And one of the things that I want to think about the advantage that there's two advantages that you have, if you adopt that, there's more than two, there's way more than two, but we're going to talk about two tonight. Um, as tonight, as I'm recording at 8.22 p.m. Eastern in the garage bunker with my content slippers and uh, a hoodie because it's freaking cold in here. Uh, we had snow yesterday. It was awesome. Um, and advantage number one is that you if you come if you don't put an image forth that you, you don't have to upkeep the image your whole life. I always think of the the unknown comic. There was a comic who one of his, his, his bit was he wore a paper bag over his head and, and, you know, he was a skilled comic, but, but he had to always wear a paper bag over his head. And I think he tried to do the reveal and he just, nobody liked it because they knew him as one thing. And, and there, there was no room, there was no room for growth because a character was created and the people wanted the character. So number one is that you don't have to really worry about that as much. Um, I mean, obviously you have sort of a, a range for your personality and you may exaggerate your personality here or there. You may, it's, I like to think of it instead of exaggerating your personality as letting your personality run free. Those parts of your personality, just cut them loose, like, like release the dogs. And, um, it's not really exaggerating. Cause I, I find that that if you exaggerate something on purpose, it falls flat very easily. You can kind of always tell in public speaking, um, there's some rallies that I've been going to for medical freedom and, and I've been speaking at a couple times and, and I'm trying to decide if I'm going to keep doing that or not. And, and, uh, it's, it's, I can make it in alignment. There's many different ways I can approach it. This, that's not the point. The point is though, is that I can always tell when someone is trying to exaggerate their emotion or exaggerate their their speaking points um, for effect. And that's just because I've been doing speaking my whole life and I can be like, okay, I can see what you're doing now. Now maybe everyone else sees it. I don't know. I'm not everyone else, but here's what I do know is that I can also tell when someone lets the, lets the dogs fly, right? Where they, they're not exaggerating their personality as much as they're cutting it loose. And that is, is, you know, you're within a range, but it's, you're not creating a character. You're just actually, you're, you're encouraging parts of your body, you know, your soul and your body and your person and your character to come forth, right. To shine forth from you. And, and that can be anger. And that can be that, you know, I don't have a lot of public displays of anger. That's something I probably need to work on. It's a weird thing to say, but I probably need to get angry publicly more, um, about things than, than just being like, Oh, whatever. But, but that's one, that's one advantage, right? Is that you don't have to, you don't have to 
get it's less chance of you having to, to do the character thing, get stuck in a character. The second advantage, though, is that is that one thing that I, I've never really heard someone talk about or anyone else talk about, but I think a lot about is this, is that. So you're a flawed individual because you're a human being. You have major personality defects, major flaws. There's lots of things wrong with you. And even if your whole life is together internally, you have a lot of monsters because you're a human being and you're listening to this podcast. If you are zenning out in the forest and you've got everything together, you're not listening to this podcast to learn about the classic American business. You're not really concerned about it because your path is working. So, but I would say 95% of us aren't like that. I would say it's probably closer to 99%. Everyone has the monsters and the badness that they must fight. You do not escape them. You just get to choose which ones if you choose to make your place versus find it. You get to choose your bandits, right? You get to choose your monsters. And an advantage of that is this, is that you've ever heard the, if you've ever heard the saying for every, um, you know, there's a, there's a, Napoleon Hill said it, there's a seed of benefit in every negative, right? It's like making a lemonade out of lemons, right? Well, your personality faults, your bugaboos, right? Your monsters actually can be made into assets for you. And I would have you consider the possibility that instead of trying to stamp them out, instead of trying to um, ignore them or shame yourself about them, is that if you're not worried about putting forth this this perfect character for everyone else to see, that your your the negatives of your life can be your biggest assets if you frame them properly. And obviously, like like look, like if you're a raging alcoholic or you know or, or like you have a raging anger problem and you you know you murder your neighbor, that's gonna be a, that's a problem. But but put in its proper context, your flaws can be assets, even if it's just coming from a place of experience. If you have a part of your personality that you have engaged very far into the negative, then you have gone farther than, than other people have gone. And that experience is an asset. I, I play with the idea of in creating something and create in creating things like sometimes I'll go off the grid and I will engage I will engage some of my less, uh, less favor, favorful, flavorful, certainly less flavorful, less favorable attributes of myself. I'll get surly. I'll, I'll kind of get, you know, I'll, I'll kind of go in the tank, you know, um, I won't eat very well. Like I'll, I just, I'll absorb a lot of, I'll create and absorb a lot of negative energy. And sometimes when I do that though, I have a revelation. Right. I, I, I go into the darkness and I experience things that give exponential growth or they point me in the right direction or whatever. And I look, maybe that's just a rationalization and an excuse. Maybe there's another way, another way to do that. Um, and I don't do it all the time, but every once in a while I will find myself doing that. And, and like, look, I don't know if it's the right way to do it, but I do know that it does work. And, I do know that that idea will make you think differently about your faults, right? And, you know, obviously you don't want to do that and, and become an after school special at your house. You don't want to alienate your wife and your kids or, or your husband and your kids or whatever. But that part of you, there's something there that can be sussed out that can be turned into an asset, even if it's you stop doing it and it's just an experience, which is what I just did. 
I just told you, it was like, this is a place where I go and I find, and it's the idea of that is where it helps me to understand the understory more. It's like, helps me to understand is that when you're in conflict and crisis is that it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. It just means that it's time to fight the monsters and the bandits where you are and understand that where you are is not necessarily the place or the universe or the understory you want to be in. Remember, you don't get to ever be drinking margaritas on the beach with no problems or conflicts. That's a fantasy. That's not real. And if you were even able to accomplish that, you would get bored and you would destroy yourself just for the purpose of having something exciting happen to you. It just is. It's just you just would. I don't care who you are. Now, if maybe when you're like in your 60s or 70s or 80s or whatever, you wouldn't because you're too tired or you just you have enough perspective or you've accomplished enough or whatever. But right now, when you're in the thick of things and you're in the production mode of life and you're trying to make your place, you're trying to have a creative clearing where you can stand in confidence and clarity and you can do things, you can make things that you want to make for the reasons you want to make them. Your negatives actually can become a giant asset for you if you can frame them properly. If you can become the master of your personal faults, not hide from them, not run from them, not be shamed by them, but forgive yourself for having them, work on tempering them and look at them as what is the, what is the positive this makes me, uh, gives me a superpower. Because if you only focus on creating in your life with the things that you're good at and the positive parts, you know, your, your hallmark robot moments and your good, good dad, good mom, good churchgoer, good, good citizen, good, whatever, then you're, but you ignore the other half of your life, which is the shadow and the dark side, and you don't use it and learn to use it or get power from it. Um, if just enough to have experience and not run from it. But say, hey, look, I had this period in my life. I had the decade of darkness. I learned these things. Um, I learned one of the reasons why I had the decade of darkness was because I was always trying to find my place. And, and when you're trying to find a place, other people always have a place for you to find. When you're trying to find your place, other people always have a place for you to find. But it's always on their agenda and not yours. And so the negatives of your life, who you are, is part of you. And I don't want you to put that part on the shelf. I want you to think about how can I, how can I take these emotions? How can I take these experiences? How can I take this part of my personality that is ingrained in me and make it a positive? And the more that you can do that, the more authentic you become and you don't have to worry about having a Lambo and, a, and the hot lady pictures. And you don't have to worry about, you know, what, what content am I going to create today that I have to, you know, be super, whatever I have to super be, just be yourself, try to, you know, accomplish your mission. My mission is I help entrepreneurs create the classic American business. I help creators create the classic American business. But most importantly, I try to make you understand that you can make your own place. You can put your head to sleep on the pillow at night and know you're on the right path because it's your path. So what I want you to do is take out your Ranger Field Journal. If you don't have a Ranger Field Journal, take out a regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, go get one. You're going to need one from time to time. But for right now, what I want you to do is take out your Ranger, uh, take out your Unicorn Trapper Keeper from the fifth grade and simply write down, can I not hide from the negatives of me? Can I become an expert in my personal failings? And just remember, there is no end if you stay in the path.
of understanding. All right, creator. I know you want to escape the current understory that you are trapped in. I get it. I've been there. But in order to do that, you're going to have to have a creative clearing, a place to stand in confidence and clarity. I'm not going to promise you some magical course, coach, or codex, but I cannot help you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. You can do that by subscribing to my daily email list at understory.news. Raise your hand and say, let's get out of here together. The podcast contains the philosophy and the five public principles, but the daily emails have the insights, innovations, and shadow principles of building the classic American business that I only discuss with my subscribers. Raise your hand and let's light the lantern together. The path of understanding never ends, but that does not mean you cannot get to where you want to go. Subscribe to my daily email list at understory.news. Go light the lantern.